You know, I had to explain to somebody what the NFL draft was this past weekend, and while I was explaining what it was, you know, we were talking back and forth, and uh, I said, you know, when you draft a couple guys, you know, bring a couple people in uh, to make your team better. And then I said, or you could be the Browns, where you pick a new team every single year and it does the same thing. She doesn't know football, so she didn't think it was funny, but I thought it was hilarious. I concur. <laughs> the NFL draft is concluded, ladies and gentlemen, and the Steelers had seven picks, if I'm not mistaken. So this week's episode, Zach and I are going to break down those seven picks, as well as some of the big names that came out of this draft. We're talking quarterbacks. We're talking basically anyone picked by the Houston Texans in the first round. <laughs> Uh, so we're going to go over that a little bit. Zach's got his hot take. Pickle's got his pondering. So this is going to be a differently styled, I think. I think. It might not be. I don't know. Differently styled, but uh, no less entertaining episode. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. Two Steelers fans in a pro football world. I am Zach. And I am Dill. And we are here to bring you all of the latest news from the NFL, USFL, and XFL from a Pittsburgh Steelers fan's perspective. USFL, which, by the way, kicked off a couple weeks ago and I forgot about it. Yeah, and the XFL, which uh, will have its championship game playing this uh, coming Saturday. Yeah. Is yeah. it this Saturday? It is this Saturday. Oh, I keep you. looking at I thought it was this past Saturday, so I kept looking at it on Saturday, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I was like, oh, and then I actually it saw it was the next one. But That's a I'm, spring football plug for the episode. Exactly. Um, but the big news out of football, even though there's championships and, you know, seasons starting, no, everybody cares about the NFL draft because we care about some rookie quarterback who's probably going to end up being a bust at some point during their NFL career. Uh, coming into the NFL more than we care about, you know, a championship game. But, yes, that's how... A shade throw at these quarterbacks for yeah. no freaking reason. Well, I get it. Been, Will Levis sat there for bro, the whole first bro. round, but he's not bad. I will say, you've been uh, bashing on Anthony Richardson for, you know, the last they three picked, months. They picked him at so. four, bro. He's not going to be very good. Though. But anyway, anyway, uh, all that out of the way, uh, there was definitely a ton of talent in this year's NFL draft. Probably one of the best drafts we've seen in a long time. I've been seeing stuff. I saw something from Pat McAfee earlier. It was like every fan base thinks their team won the draft. So yeah, yeah. everybody's pretty happy with it. And you know what? I think most of those fan bases have a solid argument, except the Browns. Yeah. Of course. And, um, nah. I mean, the only other one I would say maybe the Broncos, just because they traded away all of their first round picks. Okay, by that logic, the Rams haven't had a good draft in like 10 years. Yeah, but the Rams actually, because they were early in the second, so they didn't miss out on too much. Good, good for um, them. But regardless, regardless, a lot of great talent in the draft, but we are going to start with who, you know, not just Steelers fans, but a lot of the NFL thinks, you know, the Steelers won the draft this year, or at least we're top five. We are ranked in the top five for draft. You know, in almost every list. I haven't seen a grade below, I think, B-plus from any of them sport, jaggy sports analysts. Right, PFF and that's... Gave, a, mm, an A-plus, I think. And yeah, PFF that's... never gives the Steelers A-plus. Right, right. And B-plus is still, I mean, yeah. that's really high. And that was, uh, I think, one or maybe two guys gave us a B-plus. B- anyway, uh, the f- I mean, the first thing the Steelers did in the draft, we'll kick right into this, trading up. For Broderick Jones. Traded up with the Patriots, by the way, which is yeah. kind of shocking. I know that it's, there's not really that much of a rivalry there anymore, but I still, I don't like Bill Belichick. Right. Uh, apparently, the story, a little bit of the story behind that was that Bill Belichick really wanted to screw over the Jets uh, because the Jets were the pick after the Patriots. And uh, he thought, you know, since we were taking an offensive tackle and he knew they would, so, uh, you know, I might think, as well trade up. I think Bill Belichick is, like, slowly, like, going nuts because I feel like over the last couple of years, he's like, he used to be this, like, you know, super stoic, like, you know, business coach. And now he's, like, very, like, publicly coming out to, like, trade be- just to screw over that. I mean, I guess the Jets, and nobody likes the Jets. That was mean. Sorry. I'm sorry. That wasn't. They're, no, they're okay. I don't they're know. actually, they're getting better. I just, you know, they're yeah. still the Jets. Uh, yeah. It's not. I, I don't I don't hate the Jets. I'm just. Anyway, regardless, uh, trading up for Broderick Jones. At first, I was, you know, I wouldn't say upset because we needed a tackle, but I was sad because we weren't going to get Joey Porter Jr. But luckily, he fell really low somehow, miraculously, and he came back to us. So we'll get into that in a little bit. But now that we got both of them, I'm really, really happy with how this draft shaped up. Broderick Jones, I think, was honestly the perfect tackle for us. He's gritty. He's 
Also, he was ranked as the best run-blocking offensive lineman in the uh, draft. So it, they said when it came to protection, he could use a little bit, you know, fixing of the form. You know, Kenny Pickett could use a little bit. Right, but, you know, Jones could use, you know, a little bit uh, of work on his form and a little bit, you know, uh, precision there. But when it came to run blocking, the man didn't give up. He was blazing down the field, uh, blocking, you know, whether it's safeties, cornerbacks, way down the field, keeping with the running back. Uh, That's the kind of grit that we need on our team. We never really had uh, offensive lineman that Najee can run behind for like a couple yards before he broke away. You know, we need somebody that can almost lead that charge, open that hole and keep it going. That's, that's somebody we need on our team. You know, when we do these jet sweeps, we need somebody on the outside. No, no, no more jet sweeps. Just put, look, look, I I don't want to do nearly as many as we did last year. The only time a jet sweep works is if you're playing Madden. I don't want to do nearly as many as last year, but it's still an effective technique when you don't use it every other play. Right, fair enough. But when we do them, you know, every once in a while, hopefully it's every once in a while, we need somebody on that outside that can make a jet sweep effective. So yeah, we finally have, I think, that guy on that outside that even if he's not perfect this year, you know he's going to be, he's going to fix that line. He's going to be better than uh, Dan Moore. You know what's shocking? Yeah, that's true. Uh, Tackle's never, like, a super flashy pick, I feel like. Like, everyone, like, you draft Tackle, and everybody's like, oh, they drafted Tackle. I, that's been, like, the highlight of the Steelers draft, I think. Yeah. We'll be talking about Broderick Jones all the time, which is kind of shocking. And, and he almost seems kind of like a flashy Tackle. Like, he, he seems like somebody who's kind of a big personality. You don't really get that from offensive linemen. But I kind of like it. Like, he's one of the few guys that I'm like, I kind of want to buy your jersey. Yeah. <laughs> um. I mean, granted, I want to buy all jerseys, but, you know. He he was one that stood out to me. I really liked him. But um, kind of what Dill said, though, he's not one of the flashiest things. We knew we needed a tackle. We got one that was one of the best in the league. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if there's too much to say about that. Um, but, Dill, I want to pass the next one along to you. What were your thoughts on what we said was our number one pick of the year, Joey Porter Jr.? I didn't see him get drafted. <sighs> I wasn't there. I still don't remember where I was. Oh, that's right. Never mind. I remember where I was. Um, corner was obviously a pressing need. You know, well, who was our backfield before that? You had Patrick Peterson. We had Patrick Peterson, Levi Wallace, and um, I don't. I, I don't. There's somebody. James Pierre. Yeah, there we go. Oh, great. Yeah. Nobody looked at that cornerback room and went, "Oh, let's go, guys. We retain James Pierre. It's cornerback room set for the next." Slot corner, James Pierre. Yeah. We're good. Nobody man. said that. No, Look, dis- no, no disrespect to James Pierre. Exactly. Like, he's been a Steeler for a while, so respect to James, but he, he ain't also, a starter. Like, if it was, if it's, like, uh, he's the first guy I thought of, I don't know why. If it's DK Metcalf on James Pierre, I'm saying a prayer that James Pierre's ACL is still intact by the time DK Metcalf's done blowing past him. All right? That's exactly. what I'm saying. So, you needed a corner. And the thing that impressed me the most about the JPJ pick is, isn't that we got him, it's how late we got him. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people had a first-round grade on him. A lot and, of people, a lot of people, re- or well, not a lot of people, but some people ranked him as the best cornerback in the draft. Mm-hmm. So to get that kind of value at pick 32 is crazy. Um, I, honestly, just for him to slide that far down, is I mean, he didn't have a Will Levis like mudslide type thing, but you know, it was still pretty impressive to get him that late. Um, so I know the biggest thing that people wanted was uh, those two, offensive tackle and cornerback. And our top two, uh, I don't know if, Roderick Jones was our top tackle choice. But either way, you get a really good tackle at 14. So you appease you pee half the fan base. And we still need a corner. And that our, the guy that we won is still there at 32. So it's like, it was just, it was very, very, very fortunate, I think. Omar Khan's a goddamn wizard. Uh, do I need to say that again, or can you just keep that in? We'll just keep that Thank in. Thank you. Okay. Um, Are you a family friendly? Shut your mouth. Uh, so to get those two guys... Was really, I mean, JPG, he didn't have the interceptions. He's never, I don't think, had the interceptions. But I talked with a couple guys about it, and his, he's very, like, he's very up in your face type of cornerback. So you wouldn't expect him to get a lot of interceptions, but you expect him to, like, keep receivers kind of out of the game for the most part. Um, you worry about DPI a little bit, especially considering he's going to the Steelers, who get called for anything. So you worry about DPI a little bit with him. Um, but I feel like that's probably his most pressing because and again, well, you got Patrick Peterson in there. I feel like that's like we said in a past episode, like kind of why you bring him in in the first place is to mentor a guy like JPJ. That he's he'll be really good. Um, 
So, yeah, I think we definitely, it seems to me like we got a our number one corner. As long as he develops properly. If he doesn't, we're screwed. But, you know, hopefully hopefully that works out. I liked it. I, I liked it. Honestly, I kind of liked it more at 32 than at 14 just because of the value. Like, Roderick Jones wasn't going to make it to 32. No way. Especially considering the fact that we literally mere seconds ago went over the fact that Bill Belichick traded up or let the Steelers trade up solely because he knew the Jets wanted to tackle, which yeah. is kind of funny. Um, and I've seen people talk about, oh, why, why not take Christian Gonzalez at pick 14? And the reason for that is because, again, brother, you know he ain't going to be there at 32. So you get the, you get your tackle now, knowing that there's enough cornerback depth that you're, the guy that you want at corner might still be there at 32. So Khan played that beautifully. Um, and then what was the next pick after that? D lineman Keanu Benton, right? Mm-hmm. So we're just we're getting all the Keanu's on this team now. Somebody give Keanu Reeves a call, see if he can bring his John Wick skills over to the Steelers. Um, Keanu Benton, as long as the Ravens killed his dog, he'd be perfect for it. <laughs> um, so he defensive tackle. He's gonna slide in to the defensive line, obviously, because that's where defensive tackles go. I don't know why I had to elaborate on that, but um, you know, getting more linemen is always a good thing. What this makes interesting isn't so much Benton because you know where he's going to go. It's what happens with the Marvin Leal. Guy we just drafted last year. You know they're not done with him already. Uh, we just drafted him last year, so this isn't going to be like, you know, he, he's not Malik Willis on the Titans who had him for like a game and a half and immediately gave up on him for Will Levis. <laughs> I can't make that joke. Anyway, um, so, you know, Benton's going to go in the middle. Leal, you think he's going to end up in a rotation somewhere. Obviously, they're not just going to like let him walk. That'd be really dumb. Um, but the question then becomes, does he rotate into the like somewhat stable D-line, or does he go out to edge where we've got Watt, Highsmith, and Hobo Joe? So, I know it's probably wouldn't be his preferred position. What? You got <laughs> what? Probably Hobo Joe. You got a problem with Hobo Joe? Huh? Shut up. Hobo Joe's doing his best, damn it. <laughs> anyway. Um, it probably won't be his preferred position to go into the edge, just because he's, I think he's primarily D-line. Um, but when you're so when you're that desperate for depth, and we got an edge rusher later. Har- oh, I didn't even think Nick about Herbig. that. We got, yeah, we got Herbig later. Shoot. The thing is, is that the Steelers haven't because we have uh, TJ and uh, Highsmith. We haven't employed kind of the two center D lineman defensive end type of yeah. strategy. We generally do uh, two defensive ends, which are really defensive tackles, yeah. a nose tackle, and then our edges. Did we I, normally do a five five rush line. I don't know what made me think of this. Did I tell you about the tweet that I saw Mark Madden put out like months ago where it was that we need to trade TJ Watt because he's just going to keep getting hurt after he tours back? Did I, did, I t- did I tell you about no, that? No. No? I don't know. That's, that's <laughs> still, I'm still thinking about that. I actually, I know this is going to probably be a side tangent, but I need to get into this. After the torn pec thing and, like, you know, you he had, like, a little bit of an ankle injury, like, the mm-hmm. year before, a bunch of people have been, like, I, I've seen a bunch of things that's like, oh, TJ Watt's injury prone. I'm like, well, well one, he missed two games yeah. one season, which, it, it, let's, if you watch NFL right now, mi- like, not missing any games in a season, if you were a starter, is ridiculously unheard of. It's ridiculously impressive. Yeah. So he missed two games, which is normal. Extra game now. Exactly. He missed two games, which is normal, especially for an edge rusher who's playing the way he does. He's going to, you know, get sore and probably tweak things and stuff like that. Tweak and twack. Yeah, and, you know, if you have a player as good as TJ Watt, if he tweaks something, you're like, you know what, as much as we need you, please stay healthy. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then he tore his pec playing... I, aggressively because we were about to lose to the Bengals until Minka Fitzpatrick decided he was going to be the best special yeah. teams player we've ever had. Minka decided he wanted to be the second coming of Jesus Christ himself and just decided to win single-handedly win the game. Exactly. So, because he gets one massive injury once, once, might I add, this man's now injury-prone. Yeah. I'm like, I don't It's kind of crap. No, I don't... He's still, as of right now... Statistically, I don't think anybody is a better defensive player right now. Oh, Miles Garrett's way better. Shut the hell up, Cleveland. Nobody asked you. Miles Garrett statistically is nowhere near TJ Watt. You can look at every statistical category. If I get way too into this and we'll be here for hours, though, TJ Watt's better than Miles Garrett. That's not a debate. But going into kind of 
next is, regardless about TJ Watt, say he does end up being injury prone, and say he does miss a couple games this year, I like Nick Herbig as being at least one of our rotational guys and one of our backups. First of all, it's another one of the brothers combo. We recently brought his brother on from the Jets, Nate Herbig, and then immediately after we sign him, we draft this guy in the draft, and I'm like, I know exactly what you guys are doing. It's typical Steelers, and I'm here for it. Because it's just, it makes football fun It's all fun games until they sign Baker Mayfield and then sign the rest of Baker Mayfield's family. And all of a sudden, we have a bunch of quarterbacks who can't. We have like seven quarterbacks on the roster, none of which can throw a ball deeper in 20 yards. Yeah, but as long as TJ is still getting sacks, he doesn't have to. I, I, fair enough. Yeah. But regardless, you know, we got the Herbig brothers now. And Nick Herbig reminds me a lot of TJ Watt. One... He's an outside linebacker from uh, Wisconsin. No way. He plays the same position. From the same school, so. But the other thing is, like, he started out as somebody who was a little bit smaller. TJ was, when he started out, a little bit smaller. And, you know, he he was a uh, round one pick, but he was doubted on by a couple, you know, considered to possibly be fixing for a bust. Remember when the Cowboys drafted Taco Charlton ahead of him? (laughs) Ah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Poor guy. But, um, Poor Cowboys? What are you even talking about? No, 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 not the Cowboys. Poor Taco. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, and, you know, at this point, all he needs is a bulk up, but his the way he bends, the way he moves past these tackles is very similar to TJ, where he can brute force somebody, but it's a lot more about his get-off speed, and it's a lot more about the way that he bends around the guys yeah you almost like as soon as the ball snaps he's already past you and it's stuff like that Alex Highsmith was kind of similar Alex Highsmith was I think a little bit more brutish just kind of ran into the guy but that we got a d-line that's just full speed you know I think that's what's going to be the uh face or I that's what's going to be the focal point of our defense is speed I think the speed is going to be the big aspect. You have Minka in the back. You have JPJ who, you know, he might not get the picks. He's fast, though. He sticks with these cornerbacks. You have Patrick Peterson, who's consistently been one of the fastest guys on the outs- or on the outside as a corner. You have Alex. You have Nick. You have TJ on the outside, which we just talked about. All right, well, you got Cam, who's always been, you know, a powerful force in our D-line. He's always been, you know, quick to get to the quarterback. Speed is... I think going to be a big part of our defense this year. So I'm really excited by a lot of the guys that we brought in on this draft. Um, the last one that I want to talk about kind of works with that. It's Corey Trice. So yeah. Dill, I know, I don't know how much you knew about him before. I know I didn't know a lot about him before, but it was funny. We took him with the number 241st pick of the draft. He was ranked before the draft started as number 141 in the top 150 prospects. We took him literally a hundred spots after he was projected to be picked. Interesting. Think about the the level of that steal right there. Yeah, he was ranked, or and he that's, was. That's the interception guy too. He's the one that right. had all the picks at Purdue. And I've, cause I've seen people make that comparison of like, oh, who's gonna be better, Joey Porter Jr. or Corey Trice? And I'm like, why? They they could both be good. Like, what difference does it make? Right, and I I don't think the type of cornerback that. Joey Porter is, has been the type of cornerback we've seen in the NFL in a while. He's almost a Mel Blunt, you know, old yeah. school steel curtain type of cornerback. Yep. He's not worried about interceptions, but if you try to get yards on him, he's going to make you pay. Yeah. He might get one or two interceptions this year. That's fine. We have guys who do that. Minka, Patrick Peterson's been notorious for doing that. I don't know if he's still in his, you know, like, he had He's not in his golden years. Year, didn't yeah, but he had a lot of... How many? Seven? No, because the leading was six. I think he had four or five. Oh, I don't know where I'm getting seven from, though. His, he, his number last year was seven. But um, Patrick Peterson has been notorious through his career as getting a lot of interceptions anyway. So <clears throat> J- JPJ doesn't need to get a lot of interceptions. He needs to make sure nobody gets yards. Yep. He's a... You dare try to throw on third down and, you know, you're done type of guy. Like, 
that's the type of player that we need right now. You know, don't let these guys drive down the field, eat up all this clock, and then get an interception out of nowhere. And then, you know, our offense has like a minute to save the game. Do three and outs on it the beginning of every drive for the like with the defense, and then you know win by fifteen points. Yep. That's the type of guy that we need. And if Corey Trice comes in as a rotational guy, he's getting picks whenever he comes in. That's great. We still want interceptions, but somebody that we want as our starter better be somebody who's not going to give up an inch. Yep. And so that that's why they're really not comparable anymore. But we don't have the only guy that I'd say we've seen kind of like Corey Trice is Stefan Gilmore. Because Gilmore has not been getting a lot of interceptions lately, but he's still, in theory, a lockdown corner. Yeah. Um I kind of went on a rant there, but it, it's I, I like where the defense is going because, like I mentioned, we have speed, but it's really a you know resurfacing of that old school type of football. And the Steelers have been looking for that for a really long time, but now we've got it on the defense and the offense. Yeah. We've got that fast moving line that won't let anything pass. We've got cornerbacks that won't allow an inch, and we have offense that is built around a strong run and a quarterback that doesn't have to be perfect but has amazing weapons that he can get to in any moment. This is Steel Curtain 1970s dynasty type Pittsburgh Steelers, which makes me really excited. Um, I'm going to get into the last. We somehow managed to skip over one of the most important picks. Yeah, I just noticed that. This is going to lead me to my pickles pondering as well. So with our fourth rounder, I think it was, we took Georgia tight end Darnell Washington, who was... Originally ranked like super high, but Th- third for tight ends. Yeah, but then second he, or third. He got like, but he had was injury prone or something. He, he had, had a uh, he had a deal with his ankle, um, which took him out of I think part of the combine or like something uh, before yeah. the draft that he was supposed to go to, and yeah, it dramatically hurt his stock. Yeah. Okay, so he. They got him for his run-blocking ability, I think, because he's a phenomenal run-blocker. Which, by the way, Najee Harris, ain't no excuses for him any, this year. Oh, We fact. picked up so many good run-blocking guards. We got the best run-blocking tight end in the draft. If he's not getting yards, that's his own damn fault now. Um, My favorite thing about that, I, I just, sorry to interrupt, I love this. In his Instagram, not even bio, in his name, he is listed as Darnell, the sixth lineman, yeah. Washington. So we literally picked up a sixth offensive yeah. lineman in this draft. So that's... I mean, obviously, he's still good. He's a good receiver, too. I'm not saying that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, we, we kind of brushed over that. But I think that, you know, I mean, he kind of speaks for himself. So, but this is going to leave you now. Pickles pondering for the episode. So, you look at the draft. You look at everybody we took. We got two corners, two linemen. We got a seventh-round lineman who I don't know anything about. So, we're not really going to cover that. Mm-hmm. And also, I don't mean to disrespect, but it's a seventh round. He's probably not going to. And he was projected to be a seventh round. It wasn't yeah. like Trice. who was projected to yeah. four or five. So uh, I'm just going to kind of like leave him off of this. But we got two corners, two linemen, a tight end, and I th- that's it? D-lineman. D-lineman, yeah, you're right. Okay, so mostly defense. <clears throat> There's one position that the Steelers almost always take every year that was notably absent from this draft, and that's wide receiver. So my pickle's pondering. Because I don't know how deep of a receiver class this was, but the Steelers are kind of notorious for getting receivers like late in the draft. Antonio Brown, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, kind of. He was a second rounder. Chase Claypool again, kind of second rounder. These guys were all really good. Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson. And we haven't seen Calvin Austin yet, so fourth. It's possible. Um, so I want to let's say look at the Steelers receiving room really fast. You've got not uh, no. I'll, I'll keep tight ends. Now you have Darnell Washington. You got Muth. You have Zach Gentry, and you have Connor Hayward. Connor Hayward. Yeah. Wide receivers, you got Allen Robinson, Johnson, Pickens, and Calvin Austin. Yeah, Calvin Austin. So and uh, backups, you have uh, Olszewski and Anthony Miller. Yeah, yeah. So my question, my my pickles pondering for you is this: Do you think because Allen Robinson's really been struggling, we haven't seen anything from Calvin Austin, and receivers are really really hit. Johnson's got problems with his hands. Pickens is really the only like stalled guy that we that we got. Was it worth taking a tight end in a tight end room that's decently stacked? I don't Gentry's kind of the wild card there, but Hayward and Fryermuth, I think, make that a pretty good tight end room. Was it worth getting a third really solid tight end as opposed to maybe reaching for a receiver from a team that's really good at drafting receivers 
and bringing another receiver into a room that's full of questions right now? <coughs> you to start this, I've got to bring up the fact that uh, you did ask if the is uh, to confirm if this was a deep receiving class. And from everything I heard, it was a pretty deep receiving class. Now, you still had a very, you know, big gap between your Jordan Addison, uh, JSN, those guys up top versus, you know, your guys in the in the bottom that, you know, uh, your quote-unquote Antonio Browns. Um, you didn't really have, at least statistically, a lot of diamonds in the rough down at the bottom that people were banking for. I think the closest one to that was that I saw was Tank Dell. A lot of people thought we should have taken him. His name him. is Tank? His name is Tank. Oh my lord, that's awesome. Yeah, I believe he got picked up by the Titans, which might actually be a good pick for him. Um, and I was really hoping we would take him at some point because I knew receiver wasn't necessarily something we quote-unquote needed, but it was still exactly what you brought up. You know, you have a lot of people that on paper should be really good. But we've been saying that Deontay Johnson should be a number one receiver for a while, and in theory, he hasn't fully panned out. Um, and Pickens really should have been last year. Um, unfortunately, with the quarterback carousel that we kind of had going on at the beginning and just, you know, the incompetence of Matt Canada in our play calling room, it fully limited him. Uh, hopefully he can get back up there, but we can't win games based off one guy. Um, to, so to use that and to answer the question... I was very confused by the Darnell Washington pick. I'm not going to say disappointed because I like him and I almost thought of it as more of a take the best player available type of thing. But I was very confused because we had three at least solid tight ends. Muth, top five tight end in the draft. Or not in the draft. Top five tight end in the league. And a lot of people have been saying it. It's not just me. Um, I mean, you can make arguments with some people here and there, but really, what, you put four ahead of him, Andrews, Kelsey, uh, Hawkinson, and Kittle. I don't really think you Hawk- can... Uh, DJ Hawkinson, I would argue. I would fight on that one. But, okay, but still, even you put him at four instead of five. Regardless, top five tight end. I don't think you can argue that anybody else in the league is ahead of him. Especially not... Uh, the only other one maybe is Darren Waller, but he has not been, you know, his <laughs> usual self for a while. So, I don't... Muth is one of the best tight ends in the league. And you have, like... Okay, you have Hayward, who, you know, had a ridiculous circus catch. He had an amazing touchdown against the Falcons. And he's just... He's somebody that, until teams really start the scheme for him... You look at him, and you just assume he's going to be a sixth lineman because he's a—no disrespect to Connor Hayward. He's short, and he's big, and his nickname is literally Meatball, okay? <laughs> like, I did not know that. But the thing is, is, like, you don't expect this guy to, you know, do a quick shed block and then go for, like, a 30-yard gain, but that's what we've used him for. That's a—you know, we have that guy. We have Gentry, who— he dropped one or two passes last year. He didn't have his best season. I don't know if we fully used him right, though. He's a 6'7", 300-plus pound, like, literally an offensive lineman that can catch, okay? He's basically Darnell Washington, who is a 6'7", 300-pound guy who can catch. Like, the thing is, is we kind of had a Darnell Washington on our team in Zach Gentry. The only reason why I think we took Washington is because the team is not 100% confident on what Gentry can do. But then my question is, is if you knew this going into the draft, why did you re-sign him over free agency? We re-signed him to a one-year deal and gave him not a like, huge deal because, you know, he's a third-string tight end for us, or maybe second still. But we gave him a contract when we could have used that on other people. If we planned on replacing him because we weren't sold on him, why give him the contract? There's just... Everything with our moves here just 
confuses me because I feel like Darnell Washington was projected to be somebody that was going to be a tight end one for a team. And we took him when we have probably one of the best tight end ones in the league. If we plan on only using this guy as really a six lineman and then a, you know, catcher every once in a while, okay, that's fine. But then I almost feel bad for the guy, even though he named himself as a six lineman, I almost feel bad for him because I feel like we're kind of wasting his talent a little bit. And the last thing I want to say is the Steelers have had a lot of problems with overcompetition. And Pat Fryermuth seems like one of the most chill guys, like somebody that's not going to get bent out of shape about that. But I still just, I don't want to see that over, like over competition or that like increased level of competition happen in the locker room when it doesn't need to, or it didn't need to between two guys who one who is a tight end one and one of the best in the league and one who has the possibility to become that. Um, so that was kind of a long-winded explanation, but I, I've been thinking about this for a while. I've just honestly been really confused about this pick, and I love our every all four of our members of our tight end room, and I just don't want to see any of them screwed over. Yeah. Um, but Dill, <clears throat> what what's what's your thoughts on that? Um, I think I'm I'm gonna keep mine short. You you ain't gonna go into the season with four tight ends. Exactly. That's not gonna happen. So what, you sign on Gentry to just compete for the role and see, you know, between the guy you drafted and this guy, between the guy you drafted and the guy you had, who's going to be better? All right, I mean, I guess that's okay. I feel like it would have been smarter to just let Gentry walk in that scenario, but whatever. Not, not all the hits are going to be dingers. Um, but in terms of the question, by its bare bones, would you have rather taken a wide receiver? Uh, I'm, I personally am going to go with no. Because I like Washington a lot, and I think he'll very quickly become the number two tight end on the team. And also, in a, well, who's in their receiving room? You got Johnson, Pickens. I've listed it like seven times now. Austin, uh, Robinson, Olszewski, and then the other guy, Anthony Miller. Yeah, Anthony. Who the hell is? Anyway, doesn't matter. He's been on our team for a couple of years. Oh. He's been a solid. Uh, Sorry, Anthony. Know, fifth string. Anyway, um. So yeah, you got all those guys. I don't think. You need to add another... Like, it seems like a pretty competitive mix already. I mean, even just between the top four, Robinson, Pickens, Johnson, and Austin, I feel like you've already got... You've got enough competition there. Adding a fifth guy into that mix, first of all, you know somebody's getting cut. And who are you going to cut? You know? Are you going to cut Robinson? You just traded for him. That would not be a good look. Or, I don't think... Yes, they did. They traded a seventh Mm -hmm. one. You cut Robinson. That wouldn't be a good look. Cut Austin. Wouldn't make any sense. The guy hasn't played it down for you. And then obviously cutting Pickens wouldn't make any sense, and Johnson wouldn't make any sense. So by that at that point you would, you wouldn't be drafting a receiver; you'd be drafting a, a kick returner. And nobody drafts kick returners. So I think if if I have to choose between a receiver competing in that five guy in that five guys, or a tight end to fight with those three guys, I'm gonna take the tight end to fight with the three guys every single time, especially if like it's a guy who could become. A number two tight end, or even a number one tight end. I'm not gonna like undershoot him, but mm-hmm. I don't. I don't see him surpassing Muth. But I'm just saying, I think that it was smarter to take the tight. If you're gonna, if you wanted somebody, because that's the other thing. Would you rather have a guy who dual purpose as a receiver or kick returner, or a guy who dual purpose? Because you didn't. Olszewski's a fine kick returner, I guess. He just needs to hold. He, you know, butterfingers. I believe Austin was named is supposed to be our kick returner. Yeah. Okay. So at that point, you have two, and then. So what, would you rather have a guy dual purpose as two things you don't need or a guy tu- dual purpose as one thing that you don't really need but something you definitely need in terms of alignment? So I'll take I'll take the run blocking. Um, Najee, no excuses this year. Yeah, That's my pondering. All right. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, the only other thing that I want to put, because I realize I kind of forgot the wide receiver part, with... I mean, again, you said, obviously, you want to cut Johnson, you want to cut Pickens. Um, with Robinson and Austin, you have two guys that you haven't seen play for your team. Um, in, in theory, what what do you have to lose with them? Yep. You know, you you got you see how it goes. If it doesn't pan out, you get a wide receiver in next year's draft. You trade for a wide receiver, whatever. Um, I... I in this case, wide receiver versus tight end, I think I agree with the tight end. Just like I said before, it's just a little, little confusing for me. Yep. Mainly the the gentry deal. 
I just I yeah, don't, I don't fully get that. I don't again. Then if you're just gonna cut him on and and like bring him, sign him on, and then cut him, like that would that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but um, and regardless, I think that was a good overview of the Steelers draft. I think it was honestly an incredible draft overall. We got talent that we had no business getting. Yeah, if I'm okay. being honest, Omar Khan was a magician. Absolutely incredible. <clears throat> but wizard. let's not also forget that a lot of this draft was kind of dumb luck. Yeah. But I, I don't want to undershoot that because a lot of people passed up on these guys for supposed reasons. But props to Omar Khan and his wizardry for being able to see that these guys, okay, they're still here, they're steel, let's get them. Yep. Um. So, you know, that's not over overlooked. Um, but what I want to get into next, what we want to get into next, is the overarching draft. So, Dill, I want to go to you. What were your big standout picks just from the entirety of the draft? Good or bad? It, all of them. Okay. Let's, let's start with the good. We'll do okay. good first and then bad later. We always like to bash I'll on give, them later. I'll give you one good one and I'll give you one bad one. Just so we can keep it sort of condensed here. Um, my favorite... Favorite thing that happened in the whole draft, as a closeted Texans fan, was watching them take C.J. Stroud and then trade up to get Will Anderson. Because now you can build your offense and your defense off of those two guys. And they gave away their next year's first-round pick, which I didn't like at first. But the more I think about it, the more I'm like, yeah, all right, like, let's see. I'll see what you're working with here. So that was great. I love them trading up to number three. And it's at this point of the podcast that I would like to take a moment and pause and remind everyone that the Atlanta Falcons are the Atlanta Falcons. And I would like to, if at this point, I'm going to go silent and I'm going to let the audience laugh at the Atlanta Falcons with me for a second. They drafted a running back at eight, Zach. Who the hell drafts a running back in the top? Who's the last guy to get drafted in the top, back to get drafted in the top ten? It wasn't Peters. I don't even remember who it was. No, I don't either. Exactly. That's my point. Derrick Henry was a round two pick, if I remember right. I think. What a what a stupid, stupid, stupid decision. And they have Cordell Patterson. You didn't even need a running back, and you took one anyway. I heard somewhere that they let him go, but I don't I don't think that happened. I'm Googling I don't know that. where he no, is. I'm Googling that. But I'm even Googling so, that. Tyler Algier was one of the best rookie uh, running backs to the point where people were saying he should have been Offensive Rookie of the Year last year. So you have one of the best rookie running backs, and you're like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take another running back. Because according to everybody, this guy's great, but according to us, he sucks. So, yeah, let's get a new guy. Yeah, he's still playing for the Falcons. Okay, so, yes, yeah, so <laughs> you, you have three really good running backs. Atlanta, what are you doing? <sighs> then no, it, I guess the single dumbest thing that happened in the first round. To be fair, I guess Cordero Patterson can play at, like, whatever position he wants nowadays. I, it doesn't matter. Like, it's not like the Lions drafted a running back at uh, 12 or whatever they drafted him at. Which was really dumb. You thought it was, and then they traded DeAndre Swift. So all of a sudden, Which that's was a little smarter. Dumb. Well, yeah. Well, but but that yeah, makes yeah. that makes the first round running back look a little smarter. Yeah. So, um, I yeah that was uh, in a, in an otherwise really good draft for pretty much everybody. The Falcons just decided that they were going to take their own foot off. I mean, yeah. that single dumbest thing you could have possibly done was take a running back at eight on a team where a running back is the one thing you don't need. You could have taken Will Levis at eight. That's yeah. what I would have done. You need a quarterback. Are you going to have Marcus Mariota? Like, <laughs> no, they're going to have Sam Howell oh, lead them next year. I looked that up. I looked up Atlanta starting quarterback. So I was like, who on earth are they going to have? And they're like, yeah, no, uh, we, we gave Marcus Mariota away to somebody. We're going to use Sam Howell. Oh, and Taylor Heineke. No, they don't have Sam Howell. The, yeah, Fal- they, the Falcons have Sam Howell. What? Oh, no, 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 they have Desmond Ritter. Yeah, I was going to say. That's even, that's even worse. I was going to say, I didn't think the Commanders traded no, 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 Sam Howell. No, no they, the Commanders did give them Taylor Heineke, so they have, yeah. uh, they have Taylor Heineke and they have Desmond Ritter. Uh, yeah, wow, the best quarterback locker room in the NFL, or something, I don't know. Great job, guys. Uh, uh, whatever. Well, they're going to have to run the ball a lot, considering uh, they Yeah, have. they ain't going to have any other option. You got Cordell Patterson... Guy who I've already forgotten the name of. and Bijan Robinson. Oh, that's a name and a half. And Tyler Algier. And, Tyler Al- and then Kyle Pitts. 
who yeah. had one good year and then fell off. Yeah. Anyway. It was his rookie year. Good job, buddy. I'm Highest done. tight end I'm, ever taken. I'm done with the Falcons, Zach. You get into yours. Give me, give me one good one and one bad one. Uh, you know, I think one of my favorites out of the draft was, oh, I don't know. This is actually, I figured oh, be- oh, no. It's got to be the Seahawks with JSN. So, <laughs> Jack- Jackson Smith and Jiba. Smith and Jigba. Yeah, and Jigba. Um, I love that name. Yeah. That name's awesome. Best tight, or not not tight end, best wide receiver in the draft. Um, projected to go earlier, but, you know, kept falling, kept falling. Not ridiculously far. I believe he was taken, you know, Seven? with 17. No, oh, eight, no, 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 19, 19 or 20. Okay. Because um, he was taken after us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, taken by the Seattle Seahawks. Now, first of all, just like how Dill, well, is a closeted Texans fan. I'm secondarily, I'm a Seahawks that fan. That came out as a Se- I can't make this joke. No. <laughs> uh, secondarily, I'm a Seahawks fan. So watching them take JSN was kind of big for me. But then, then you break it down. They got DK Metcalf, who's one of the biggest, strongest, and closest to Randy Moss receivers there is in the league right now. I can you name anybody else closer to Randy Moss in the league right now? Other than DK Metcalf, Tyreek Hill. No, no, because yes. Randy Moss is huge and jumped over people. Tyreek Hill just runs Randy past Moss people. Randy Moss was not that big. Yeah, he was. He no, was he like wasn't? six something, and he literally jumped over people. I thought he was small. Okay, no, well then, he was huge. Well, then Justin Jefferson. I didn't think Justin Jefferson yeah. was that huge. He's okay, what? Tall. Regardless. Okay. He, I, okay. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. But still, you have one of the biggest, strongest, you know, 50-50 ball winners there is. What about Chase Claypool? No, <laughs> we, don't, we don't talk about that. Okay. But anyway, great receiver with DK Metcalf. Tyler Lockett, who is an absolute speedster in the, on the outside. And don't always ask him to get yards after the catch, though. Fair, but he's always overlooked, and he always somehow finds a way into, into the end zone. But now you have the best wide receiver from the draft. You have a three- you know, a three-pronged sword here at this point. Uh, three-headed beast uh, coming in at wide receiver with the newly re-signed Geno Smith at cornerback or quarterback. Um, you've got a really good offense. You've got Kenneth Walker um, at running back. It, it's really it's a great offensive scheme going on in Seattle. Uh, so I think that was probably my favorite pick of the year. Um, least favorite pick, or one bad pick, I'm going to say Hendon Hooker for the Lions. Well, um, they him, like, the third round. Yeah, but he was, one, he was projected to go, like, pretty early. So I get okay, I guess, again, I got, I got to bash the Falcons. They had, like, three rounds to take either Will Levis or Hendon Hooker, too, and they just... Didn't they're just they just are the worst at everything. But the Lions like multiple times came out and said, you know, we're building this draft off of. You, didn't come out and say it, but you, they insinuated that they're building uh, around Jared Goff right now. They've got him on a multi-year <laughs> deal. He popped off last year, and then instead of taking a good wide receiver or building up the O line that you know was crumbling last year. They decided to take another quarterback and put unnecessary pressure on Goff right after he had one of his best statistical careers or st- statistical seasons. I just don't fully understand that pick. I thought they could have done a lot of other things with it, gotten a cornerback, uh, quarterback late in the draft. Um. I don't know. I just didn't fully understand that. I, I guess. Yeah. Um, I There's just not a lot of other things that I could think of that were really that... Bo- and actually, I guess the only other one would be, um, I think, Zach Charbonnet. I don't know uh, who that is. He was projected to be one of the best running backs. He was taken in the second or third round by Seattle. Meanwhile, they have a rookie... Had a rookie running back last year who was... 
basically one vote off of Offensive Player of the Year. Absolutely incredible. Uh, had over a thousand yards. Only started nine games out of the season. Who? Who is this? Kenneth Walker. Oh, yeah. Um, and then now you just you put somebody else in who's basically like a very very similar runner, in just for unnecessary competition. You know what shocked me was uh, Baltimore passed up on Jordan Addison for whoever. Zay Flowers. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's probably for a scheme fit, or at least that's what they'll say whenever he doesn't pan out. Um. But then the Vikings got him the pick after, so it's like that's also questionable from the Vikings to take a wide receiver in the first round when your offense, you know, put up forty some points in one half and your defense let up forty some points in one half. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, you know, should be a pretty clear cut priority. Yeah. Um, the only the the other the funny thing that I just because you mentioned the Ravens that I have to bring up. Apparently Lamar Jackson wants to go for over six thousand passing yards this year. I don't. I don't think anybody's. No, nobody's ever done that. Yeah. The the most ever was five thousand one hundred. I hey man, I'm not gonna knock the effort. I just will. I'm like of all quarterbacks though. Yeah. Really? Uh yeah. I feel like he'd be better off trying to get two thousand yards rushing. Yeah, I just. That is sorry, funny. Lamar. Actually, I'm not sorry. Uh, no, okay. No. I like Lamar Jackson as a person. I really do. He seems like a stand-up guy. Mm, I don't know. He was kind of a diva this offseason. Yeah, well, that's, he was getting the Aaron Rodgers treatment. That's why. Which is where you just make a big deal about, oh, maybe I'll come back to this team, maybe I won't, and then just end up signing with them anyway. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, and it's not like he's the only one who's like throw, makes it. He's like, I don't know. Whatever. But regardless... uh. There were good picks. There were bad picks. Yeah. It was a very interesting draft. I think the Steelers still won it overall. Yeah. But I just, um. I can't. I can't with you, Atlanta. Yeah. Atlanta. Atlanta. Uh, you guys were in the Super Bowl less than a decade ago, and you just you're so bad. Why is everything about you so bad? Oh my goodness! Everything. Everything they do is controversial. It is absurd. Speaking of controversial things that are absurd, Zach, if I'm not mistaken, you have something both controversial and absurd for your hot take this week. Oh, you have no idea. You're right. So, I don't. You don't tell me anything. Yeah. Um, but, yes, the hot take this week uh, involves the quarterbacks in this draft. Oh, here we go. Uh, you you're know, going to mul- tell me Bryce Young's better or worse than CJ Stroud. That's what you're going to tell me. No, I do believe that, but... Uh. Um, no, 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 the, you know, there were a lot of quarterbacks taken in this draft, you know, you have Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, uh, or Hendon Hooker, uh, you know, some will pan out, some will, you know, bust, we'll, we'll see what happens with that, but I think statistically, after their first five seasons, I'm going to say their first five seasons, statistically, you're going to see three explode onto the scene. C.J. Stroud, mm-hmm. Bryce Young. Don't you say it. And Stetson Bennett. <laughs> that no, turn it off. Turn that it off. is Stop my it. hot Stop. take. He's gonna. He's he's a backup. He's For a now. backup quarterback. Zach. To, to Matthew Stafford, who is retiring probably in the next like three years, maybe. I'll eat my own shoe if Stetson Bennett becomes one of the top three quarterbacks of this draft class. I think Stetson Bennett will become an amazing quarterback. I, that would... What? <laughs> I, will, I was so ready for you to say Anthony Richardson. No. I was, was going to leave. No. I believe in Stetson Bennett. I, this man you are the was only a walk-on. You believes in Stetson Bennett. He was a walk-on at Georgia. Led them to two national championships. No, their defense led them to two national championships. No, Stop this... It. That's what they said about the Steelers, but Terry Bradshaw was still an amazing quarterback. This, okay. Stetson Bennett could be the next Terry Bradshaw befi- besides Kenny Pickett, because Kenny not. Pickett will be the next Terry Bradshaw. Oh, my gosh. No, you're just, you stop it. Check back to this podcast in five years I will. and tell I'm going to send this exact sound clip to you in five years when Stetson Bennett's playing for the USFL and make sure that you remember <laughs> that you said he was going to be one of the top three quarterbacks out of this draft class. Well, he could be one of the best... The quarterbacks in the USFL from this draft. <laughs> or he could be backing up Paxton Lynch, who's been benched by everyone under the sun. Regardless, I believe in Stetson Bennett. 
Mark my words, he will lead. Oh, a, I'll mark them. He will lead a team to an NFL championship. Well, let me interrupt you. Somebody, I just was scrolling through Twitter and I saw a ranking of the top ten quarterbacks since twenty thirteen. Stetson Bennett. <laughs> We're not even playing in twenty thirteen. Because Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, Matt Ryan, Ben Roethlisberger, Philip Rivers, Peyton Manning, Matthew Stafford, Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes ain't even on here. He wasn't playing in 2013. Since 2013. Oh. Interesting. Unless it's like people that like started in 2013 or like were, I don't know. How is this list working? Yeah, because... By the way, Kirk Cousins should not be no, on no. half the people are playing not, right now. Not since 2013. I mean, watch that guy yeah. on, on a Monday night. See how that Josh Allen for. deserves that more. Josh Allen, Patty Mahomes, Joe Burrow, mm. question mark. Lamar Jackson. Eh. Um, oh, jeez. Look, t- to me, Lamar Jackson had one good season and he won MVP. Other than that, he's been pretty mediocre. I don't know. Anyway, sorry, I interrupted you. Maybe okay. that's another... Th- Hot take, but <laughs> he's not like he's not bad. Actually, you know what? But for anybody who uh, wants to comment on this, whether it's on our Instagram, whether it's on here on our comment section, let us know who do you think is the top ten or top five, whatever quarterbacks since twenty thirteen, and let us know uh, your reason as to why Kirk Cousins doesn't deserve it, because we know he doesn't, but we just want to know why you when, think that. When we have a fan, like an actual fan base in like however many years and like we're a big podcast, I'm going to direct them back to this episode so that in five years, whatever social media you have, is just filled with the timestamp of when you said Stenson Bennett was going to be good. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. All right. I'll hold you to that. But anyway, uh, that was our podcast for today. Um, just a couple bit of, bits of news for things coming up. USFL has kicked off. So in the next couple episodes, we'll try to throw a little bit of that in there just to, you know, keep you up to date. I want to talk about the Maulers. Yeah, especially since they've actually won a game this year. They won year. a game that wasn't like week nine or whatever. Yeah, I mean, very impressive because they won something. Um, it's because they changed their colors. But yeah. regardless, um, yeah, we're going to talk about you know, maulers and things like that as we get in. Uh, Hopefully it's good. Uh, And then XFL, we will talk about the XFL championships next week. Um, You know, sorry we didn't do a recap on that recap of the season. We'll do a recap of the season after the championships. uh, And sorry we didn't do a championship countdown or a preview episode, but... uh, think it'll be better if we just go over the championship after it happened. Yeah. Uh, we'll post some stuff leading up to it uh, about the championship, and then we'll do some predictions on who we think is going to win and things like that. But look for that on our Twitter and on our Instagram, and uh, we will be back to you with more NFL, USFL, and XFL as this uh, NFL offseason and spring football leagues continue. Uh, but that has been it today. Thank you guys for watching, and uh, we are going to end this podcast the way that Steelers fans end every day. Here we go, Steelers. Here we we go. go.